as I drove into town. In every little moment, I was still searching for my true fortune. I could feel some presence in the forest, off of the dark roads, with their little threatening stores, and the presence extended outwards into the town, as if small lamps were flickering in the distance, winking knowingly at me. This was a good sign. I'd only ever felt this in a few places in the States. Something was letting me know without letting me all the way in. Keep looking. Don't rush it. Take time to breathe the way I breathe, the presence said. Okay. I will, I will, I will, I will. There was one second-hand good spot that wasn't an immediately sour experience. The old man waving me in from his seat at the back and saying nothing else except smiling. There was definitely something in the woods. A few somethings. I knew I had to gather them and protect them if I was to tell the true future that I needed to. I could feel them watching me from far back between the trees. I needed jars, for sure. Lots of jars. I scoured the town for them, buying as many as I could from Brandau's and the Ace Hardware. I found a good place to stash them in a bushy glade at the back of a car dealership. I couldn't risk getting caught with all the jars in town. As I drove around slowly, I remembered that other than the more famous, nasty and detestable ways to really ensure your appropriate fortune was successfully coming through, which were mostly routes of more violent witchery, there were countless other methods that were merely difficult and absurd. This is why I always kept my pockets stuffed with various talismans and magic trinkets that I had encountered on my trip across America. An iron ball from a machine shop in Butte, Montana. A bent fork from a diner south of Montreal across the border. A pacer's hat stained with blood that I found outside the Jimmy Stewart Museum in Indiana, Pennsylvania. A truly magical object and a small green crystal in a small green stuffed bear's paw that I got from a trucker between California and Arizona. Each of these talismans was supposed to change in some small way if a true fortune teller were around. Somebody I could really talk to. Someone that I could get the truth out of. The iron ball was said to get exponentially heavier in the hand. The fork would bend slightly further in half 
and be suddenly dirty. The hat was said to tighten by three plastic pegs. So I never wore it out of fear, but I checked it often on the dashboard. And the green crystal bear was apparently unique, and it was supposed to glow softly when near anyone with an original tape of the Grateful Dead live in Albany, March 25th, 1990. An apparently epic set. It has been recorded that if you befriend the owner of that tape and play it in their house, that when Eyes of the World comes on, you can ask that person any questions, and they will only say true things. This seemed a little complex, and I'm not sure I have the time to make friends. But I might need to. When I first pulled into town, a small, soft moat of light had spilled from the bear's crystal, green light elevating the green fur and the happy eyes of the bear into a shining beacon that flickered there on the dashboard for only a moment. But I saw it. At that moment, I knew that this town, Niagara, was special. where you immersed a man into a barrel of sesame seed oil for one month. You know, just keep him in there, if he was willing, and give him only nuts and figs to eat. When he comes out, he is so suffused with sesame oil and fig juice that his flesh has been replaced by a slimy jelly layer. You then lead him out onto a balcony and have him stand there in the wind. He is then supposed to speak to you and speak only the truth. Every time I thought about the details of this oracle, I would catch myself making a smushed up face in the rear view mirror. Although it was historically fascinating, I knew that this method would take too long and require too much sesame oil. I had a lead, and I was reasonably excited about seeking out the old taper in this town. And I hear that set is pretty sick. I was tired, 
and my feet, neck, and eyes ached from carefully driving and staring and looking so much. I had so much work to do, and deep in my heart, I wished that this wasn't so difficult. True oracles were so squirrely and obscure, and it took so much expensive driving around to find every little element necessary. But even deeper down, I knew that the quickest, most straightforward way that I could receive a true fortune about the true future would be to simply ask a dead man. But they aren't known to be very talkative. And anyway, the sight of blood, corpses, eyeballs, viscera, spatter, red walls, and unshucked fat makes me sick to my stomach. I can barely stand to look at someone laying down with one shoe on. I have a good handle on my personal weaknesses and proclivities. Deep down, I knew that my only route to what I sought was befriending that old hippie. And how does anyone do that anymore? Be friends. The world of oracles is just as complicated now as it's ever been. If this step on my journey requires me to climb the mountain of friendship, then I was going to do it with the same focus that I had brought to all of my other oracular endeavors. If I can climb every peak in the Black Hills looking for plastic wrappers, if I can steal tears from the St. Louis Opera House orchestra pit on opening night, if I can scale the sheer face of the Montclair, New Jersey Art Museum looking for raccoon fur, if I can compare 20 million coffee beans in 12 hours before security can break back in, looking for that one that just looks like me, I can do this. I can be friends. I can talk about music looking for that one magic session. I glanced into the back seat of my car, making sure I had everything for a night of befriending strangers. A 12-pack of Bud Light, an old tape deck, some phono to eighth-inch stereo cables, some industrial zip ties, a big card with my Spotify password written on it, a few bags of assorted nuts and hoagies, my solar-powered taser, a bandana kit with every primary color at the ready, my new camo jacket, yellow leather work gloves, an old guitar I keep in perfect tuning, a little red shovel, stuff to make nachos with, a first-generation Roku remote, a package of tactical wipes, some MAGA hats glued to the top of an anime umbrella, three stacks of reed grease, a pack of playing cards, a poblano pepper, and a jar of pure biogas. I was ready. And just in case, my trunk did contain 40 glass jars, 20 pounds of figs, and 20 gallons of sesame oil, the maximum amount allowed for one customer. I remember the concept of relaxing. I remember thinking, huh, 
nice, 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 nice. Upon my first turn off the highway. Seems like I'm gonna like it here. This town, Niagara by the lake, with its furtive eyes and echoing chants. It's already been very good to me. Thank you.